The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Tame by our standards, but fun nonetheless. Now we actually bring you the show. We are live to tape on the W2M Network for the kickoff season two. Regular season episode number seven. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening, everybody. I am your host. My name is Terry Broadhurst. Joining me as per usual, we got the whole crew together once again. The Down Since Day One co-host, Brandon Biscoping. This is going to be a fun show. The executive producer turned co-host, Eric Watkins. I never thought I'd say this, but Lovey Smith got to go. Hashtag it's personal now. <laughs> no, I just realized something here. Oh, and the uh, chairman of the W2M Network, Jason Teasley. I'm here in spirit only. I just realized something. Technically speaking, Eric is the executive producer who became a co-host. Brandon is the co-host who is now the executive producer. Yep. We switched. Yeah, I'm, the guy that, I'm the guy that just fills a chair. Yep. You And you fill that chair quite nicely, Jason. It's a good chair. Strong chair. It has wheels it's and everything. Com- it's, it's a comfortable chair. This, it even gives me peace sometimes. This is Studs and Duds, Eric. Now, oh, it, it, it's been so long ago. It, it, it's been that terrible of a week. And I'm already looking forward to potential shenanigans. I actually have to go back and double check who I picked as my stud. But then I remembered. I had one lined up. Right? Everything did Brandon, fine. Did Brandon That's, try to steal it? Well, no. Didn't try to steal mine. For me, Monday night happened. Another glorious game. Very fortunate of you, those who took the over. And in a rare move, I didn't have just one stud. I had two. When you go into Lambo, granted, the Packers' defense is not as great as it used to be. But you still have to go toe-to-toe with one Aaron Rodgers. That being said, there are two San Francisco 49ers who did a large part in helping go toe-to-toe and who helped set up Robbie Gould, one of the two players, that helped lead me to a comeback in my main fantasy league. One Mr. C.J. Bethard and one Mr. Marquise Goodwin. Well done to the two of you for hooking up, because my God! Just the two of you connecting for a couple of touchdowns and you actually made C.J. Beathard look, you know, above competent and average like he didn't play at Iowa. Kudos to the both of you, sirs. Okay, so funny C.J. Beathard story here real quick and then we'll move on to Brandon's pick for stud. In one of my fantasy leagues, somebody tried and I told you guys this story off air. Somebody tried to get me to trade them, Matt Ryan, for who was it? Who was it? Hold on, I'm drawing a blank. They even tried to trade me for Matt Ryan. Eric, do you remember? 
Not offhand. It was it was another quarterback. Well, yeah. yeah hold on, I'll t- I'll tell you. K- uh, Case Keenum. Case there we Keenum. go. Yeah, tried to trade me Matt Ryan for tried to trade me Case Keenum for Matt Ryan off of my team, and I proceeded to laugh at them quite literally in the chat. <laughs> That he said that he wanted someone of equal value for Case Keenum. And my response to him was, well, as of right now, statistically speaking, someone of equal value to Case Keenum is C.J. Beathard or Dak Prescott. (laughs) (laughs) Both of whom had monster weeks. But my point remains, Case (laughs) Keenum is no Matt Ryan. No. Brandon, stud. So, did you guys, uh, man, did did any of you guys watch any of the uh, pregame shows on Sunday morning slash early afternoon? Some of them. Yeah, I watch, did, I usually watch Fox. Did, did you hear on pretty much everyone, especially on ESPN and especially on the fantasy football uh, show, them saying how you should stay away from Miami at all costs this week because of that, you know, monstrous uh, Chicago defense? Yes, yeah. I, I, bought, I, I bought into the hype. Um, well, that was a bad call if you bought into that hype because Miami went on an absolute tear. And not only did they go on a tear, they also managed to come from behind against the said monster defense. So kudos to the Miami Dolphins offense you are my stud for the week. Brock Osweiler. Yes, <laughs> yes. and this is Brock Osweiler we're talking about, not even Ryan Tannehill. Cleveland fans, Houston fans, <laughs> Denver fans. This is what you are missing. They're their heads and wondering, where the hell was this? Osweiler. We're talking about Osweiler. Not the game, not the game, mind you, but Osweiler. We're talking about Osweiler. <laughs> Well played, Jason. Harry. Well played. Jason, stud. My stud is a certain running back that is arguably carrying one of my fantasy football teams to the third best record in the league. Yes, that is Mr. Todd Gurley, who posted a whopping 208 yards on the grounds and two touchdowns. God, he's... He's magnificent. I think I have a man crush. <laughs> yeah, but it's unfortunate that the rest of his team kind of play like El Garbage against Denver. The Broncos hung tough a lot closer than most people probably thought they mm-hmm. would on the Thursday late game for CBS. Uh, uh, well, I mean, uh, uh, you got to think. I mean, the Broncos did this, you know, made Mahomes look good. And keep in mind, in Los Angeles on Sunday, it was 86 degrees and sunny. In Denver on Sunday, it was 22 at kickoff, and that morning it snowed. It's That's going to be a bit of a shock, and you're going to have to that. Tis the season out in the uh, out in the mountain areas there, Eric. Though, mm-hmm. yeah, o- o- only in the mountains, not the rest of the country. No. I'm still wearing shorts down here. Oh yeah, 
It's gotten colder up here in Ohio, thankfully. It's, uh, it's our high temperatures the last couple of days have been in the mid, have been in the low to mid fifties. Mm, same here. That sounds about right, right for fall weather. I'm not a I'm I'm not a fan. I'm not a I fan swear, of heat though. I swear. I mean, the temperature just like did an abrupt stop. It went from ninety to like fifty. <laughs> What was that meme we saw on Facebook? The temperature went from 90 to 55 like it saw a state trooper. Yeah. <laughs> that made me chuckle. All right. Um, who was it last week that called out a certain kicker from Green Bay? I did. And how'd he bounced back. How did that work out for you back. this week? He bounced back. I figured, I, figured, I figured he listened to the show, heard me giving him hell. <laughs> And he had to redeem himself. I figured he listened. I figured he saw that I picked that he would miss a kick in the Yahoo Fantasy slate. So he's like, "Oh, really? This is how he feels? Well, let me show you this." <laughs> yeah, Mason Crosby didn't miss much of anything against San Francisco on Monday night, going four for four and hitting the game-winning twenty-seven yarder as time expired. To lift the Packers to a 33-30 victory over the aforementioned San Francisco 49ers. Mason Crosby, congrats on the bounce back. Way to go from dud to stud in just a single week's time. Eric, we flip the script and go to duds. You remember how I called out Scott Frost? How I was mad? How I had a lot of faith in him? He's, well, not I as, thought, he's not going to take it anymore. Sorry. Well, well, I thought, you know, maybe he had begun to turn things around. Maybe he had finally started to get the pieces together. Then Northwestern. Then the final drive. And then overtime. Yeah, that defense was like a steel-rusted sieve. It, it, it just, it, oh, God. There's no way to describe how much of a dud that unit was. <laughs> I think I might be able to give you a run for your money here in a few moments, Eric, staying on the college scene. Brandon? A- as ahead. can I. Um... Was there someone at the beginning of the season when we were doing our college preview that uh, predicted a certain SEC team going to the national championship game or to the playoffs? Yeah, not only did I have them going, I had them winning it. Yeah, um, about that. Uh, The last two weeks, they proceeded to lay a goose egg to Mississippi State, 23-9, and now this week they lose to perpetual flip flopper Tennessee, thirty twenty four. That would be the Auburn Tigers. How's that working out for you, Harry? Uh, about as well as a Miami Hurricane championship rally this time of year. <laughs> hey, hey! I never said that they were going to make the championship. <laughs> Don't go there. Oh, we'll be we'll be pouring. We'll be pouring one out for the homers here in a little bit. Jason, I, I don't think it'll be me- much of a pouring out, though. No, that'll be more of a dumping on the homers. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, uh, Jason, you care to rub a little salt in the wound? Um, Eric, 
What do they what do they call your favorite protein? What is that nickname? What's that nickname they give them? Oh God, no! That the Saxonville. Oh. You mean Shalaxonville is what they were called in Dallas? Because the, I mean, you got lit up by Cole Beasley for uh-huh. two touchdowns and over a hundred yards. Uh huh. Now, granted, I'll give it to Ezekiel Elliott. He's one of the top running backs, mm-hmm. but really. Really, you're called Saxonville, and you only get three against a weak Cowboys team? Really? To be fair, we got The Cowboys rack up almost 40 minutes on time of possession? Come on, man. Yeah, and you're, Sean. You're, 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 not, you're not allowed to. Be, they're not allowed to be called Saxonville anymore. It's Shalaxonville because that's what that happened to them. Forty to seven. I was just about to say. You realize forty minutes time of possession, forty points allowed. <laughs> and Sean Con. Go ahead, Eric. Sean Con withdrew his bid to buy Wembley Stadium. I think even he realized London wouldn't want to see that crap four times a year, if not more. So what would you guys be, the London Phil Jaguars? (laughs) Yeah, that's a little twist to the poor one out for the homers. Stay tuned. We'll talk more about that a little bit later. Okay, so I asked the question last week about the teams in the Power Five Conference that were winless versus the teams in the Group of Five Conference that were winless. And one person here said that the Power Five would be the one to get off the schneid first. We just didn't think it would be UCLA. (laughs) There's still a shot. It's minuscule, but stranger things have happened. California at the Memorial Coliseum. What the fuck was that? 37 to 7 Bruins. The Golden Bears don't even show up for the game. An 0 and 5 UCLA team comes in there and wrecks ass on Cal. Chip. One down, four to go. I got faith in you. I shouldn't, I but I do. I don't, but still. No. For this week, Cal, for allowing yourselves to get absolutely drubbed at home, you are my duds. To, to a winless team, no less. Uh, I, I, I actually thought that uh, San Jose State had a chance against Army. That did not end mm-hmm. well for San Jose State, mm-hmm. by the way. 52 to 3 was the final score of that game, just in case anybody was wondering. All right. That was a barn burner. <laughs> we move on into So That Happened. So here's what we're going to do we're going to put a little twist on So That Happened going forward. Rather than me coming up with stories for the guys to all discuss here, we're each going to bring an individual story to the table to discuss. I'm going to start because I'm going to keep things on a relatively heavy note, and I feel like we can only lighten up from here. Um, Multiple-time Super Bowl-winning owner of both the Seattle Seahawks and of the Portland Trailblazers, Paul Allen, passed away. 
your guys' thoughts towards the Seahawks franchise that got the ring for Mr. Allen, specifically the time frame with guys like uh, with Russell, with um, Marshawn Lynch, Dougie B up in Seattle. Anything to say about the now deceased owner and the Seahawks team? <laughs> Happened to a better guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, the fact that he turned that franchise around after, you know, their team being, you know, mediocre, but not the greatest team. And then, you know, them having such a great run in the early 10s, you know, it it really showed what he could do with the franchise. Eric? I mean, the, the fact that he was... In the locker room when he wanted to be congratulating everybody, but then sunk behind the scenes, kind of worked his magic, had the right staff, got everything together. I mean, this, at least he got to see the fruits of his labor and his successes. I mean, it's sad, but at least... In his own way, he went out a winner. Mm-hmm. I hesitate to ask where you're going to go with this, Jason, but I'm going to let you anyway. <laughs> Worm food. Sponsored by the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> it's, the Legion, it's, it's now called the Legion of Gloom and Doom. <laughs> The views and opinions of Rocky, Jason do not necessarily. Scott, I, I wonder. I wonder if they'll entomb him and make him Stop. the actual twelfth man. Stop. I don't know if you want to let me follow up with that because I got a little bit of a tie into that story of my own. Oh God! Guess what, Eric? You're next on the STH too. Yeah, because this is also sponsored to you by Coors, because guess what? Yeah, the the, the man that invented the aluminum can, the man who has a name, who is attached to a legacy, the commercials, and even having his product thrown on NFL players on national television. (laughs) One of... The other, although this one's slightly less sad and tragic because, let's face it, he was 102, William Coors, he also passed away. Now, I posted this in a group. I live in two worlds, one of sports and one primarily of shenanigans. I have a story that I will tell you off air where those two intersected, and it was a very pleasant moment. Whenever things like those two worlds intersect in a bad way, I get nervous. William Coors, Paul Allen. You also had George Taliaferro, the first black player drafted in the NFL. Jim Taylor the first Lombardi Packer in the Hall of Fame, and Alex Spanos all pass away within the last week. Now I'm thinking to myself, that's a very rough week if you just had those on its own. Intersect the fact that Dennis Hoff passed away? 
Yeah, I, I don't be surprised if I start running for the hills. This is a bad sign. I feel like of the three of us, Jason has probably consumed the most of Mr. Coors' beverage. I do not drink Coors. I'm an import person. Corona, Blue Moon, Shot Cop. <laughs> I, I, I will be uh, probably consuming some tomorrow, considering the Broncos are playing. I don't drink. And isn't that Miller Field anyways? No, it's Coors no. Field. Well, no, the no, Ro- no. the Rockies are uh the Rockies stadium is Coors Field. And plus Coors is made in Colorado. So Yeah, you're thinking Milwaukee. Yeah, Miller, Miller is Park, Milwaukee. Brewers. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cuz it's like in Vesco Field at Mile High Stadium now or something. Yes. But mm-hmm. for the the Rockies stadium, the baseball stadium is Coors. Ah. Well, then that would mean that would mean Brandon drinks the most of the, his beverage out of the three of us because I don't drink personally. Not not for me. Not not nothing against anybody who does. Just not not for me. I drink like a fish. <laughs> uh, I'm more of a cider and hard liquor guy than a beer I, guy. I, I, I'm Friday the is not hard, 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 hard. Nope. Shut up, Harry. Go, nope. go, if you're looking for a good cider, go out and try to find some dicking. This portion of the show brought to you by the Bob and Tom Show. <laughs> <laughs> this portion of the show brought to you by Dick and Cider. <laughs> Brandon, so that happened. Um, This isn't uh, quite as serious as uh, your guys's, but it's... Uh, it's much more football related. Um, the Le'Veon Bell saga continues because he said he was going to uh, show up during the bye week, but now the Steelers still have yet to hear anything from him, and no one knows what the hell's going on. On top of that, on top of that, he made sure to tweet. Out about Connor's nice game. Oh yes, he Sunday, did. Which I found really funny. I know Brandon got screwed in at least one league here. Did anybody else draft Le'Veon in any of the leagues that they're in? I didn't touch him for that very reason. I've got him in a dynasty league, but then I got I, I in the off season somebody traded me James Connor for a fourth round pick. I'd say that's worked out pretty well. For yeah. You. Uh, ESPN had a had a uh, a clip up on their website that showed that through four games or not through four games through five games up until what uh, the Steelers had played this past Sunday there through five games Connor's numbers through the first five weeks of the season actually pretty much matched Le'Veon's through the first five weeks of the 2017 season just a little bit fewer in terms of carries and yards but the per yardage yardage per carry number is actually in Connor's favor. to 4.1. Yeah, I saw that too the other day. And did did anybody catch Big Ben's post-game conference, what he had to say about Bell? No. Mm -mm. He made some comment about uh, he's really glad that James Conner went out on a high note considering he lost his job. He's losing his starting position to next week and all this. Then he goes... Well, I, and he, he made like some under kind of little dig at Le'Veon. 
saying where well, I think we should something like we should stick with what's working instead of disrupt things. And it was it was kind of a little jab, and not many people picked up on it. I think I, I mean, did hear that actually. Yeah, you, you could make the argument. You could make the argument between last week's performance against Atlanta and this week's against Cincinnati. Pittsburgh might be one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another, another question on this week's Yahoo Fantasy Pick'em Sleep. Will Avion Bell report in time for when the Steelers play? Yeah, I'd safely pick no on that one. All right, Jason, I intentionally kept yours for last because you've been promoting the crap out of it in our group chat, and I'm curious as to get your thoughts on this. Well, I mean, (laughs) a team that is in disarray so much that the fans have started a doomsday clock to when his contract expires. The Oakland Raiders. Have they still got nine years? (laughs) Yeah, it's like, oh, trust me, it's, it's, it's legit doomsday clock to his the Oakland Raiders have went on record as of Sunday saying every one of their team is available from Amari Cooper to Carl Joseph to which some, this person may work out in mind of Brandon's favor, Carr being available and possibly going to the Giants. So why is Oakland so bad? Is it because Gruden lost touch with reality? The fan base? The NFL, or is his ego actually getting in the way of his coaching and his part ownership that he'll eventually get? I think it's the ego because I think especially especially after week one and especially after um, how he played in week one, I think the Khalil Mack uh, debacle really took its toll on him in terms of how he how he has the locker room. I think he's completely lost well, the locker room and uh, the players. Uh, here's an update on the Khalil Mack thing. He has more sacks than the entire Raiders defense. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. So I yeah. think the, the t- he's completely lost the locker room and, I mean... I don't know what the contract is like and whatnot, and and the Raiders are notorious for making very bonehead, very big boneheaded decisions. But yeah, but that Al Davis was alive, and he was legally insane. <laughs> okay, very true. You, you you don't think that some of those genes passed down to Mark? Yeah, really. I mean, fans right now in Oakland, they've got extra reasons to be bitter because they're in Oakland. Fans in Vegas aren't going to care because it's Vegas. It's Vegas, baby. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. You still have to put, in Tony Schiavone's words, you still got to put asses in seats. And that's okay, going to be a big problem in Vegas because if this team isn't winning, they're not going to care. Oh, I no. Think I, I think I disagree with that, and here's why. Uh, Vegas is just going to be happy to have a professional sports franchise. They have Granted, over- by the time they by the time they get there, they may be playing less than professionally, but they will still be a professional sports franchise, which they is have something a Vegas sports never sports had. Yeah, right. they they have one that nearly won a championship. Yeah. Well, but let's be honest. Well, Compared the mainstream perception of hockey 
in the National Hockey League to that of the National Football League. It's night and day. Oh, yeah. And I say this is somebody. The chair just informed me, but there's like a CFL team out there or an arena <laughs> football team or something. Actually, there was one of each, the Las Vegas Posse and the Las Vegas Gladiators. But Whoa. I digress. Careful, careful, everybody. He said posse. <laughs> but here... also, also, this is this is an interesting thing about Vegas, and I'm going to pose this question since you guys brought it up, and I and I said put asses in seats. How many how many seats do you think some of the Vegas hotels are going to comp or going to buy tickets to comp oh, to high I would say easily. That might actually. Work, work would, in favor of the stadium. I would say at least sixty percent of the seats in that stadium will be purchased by casinos in order to give out to their to their big fish, their whales. I I, I wouldn't even say sixty percent. I'm going to cut it in half, and here's why: they have premier rugby events in Vegas, sell out. Now you've got the the Las Vegas Knights. They pack the crowd. You've got a soccer team coming there with head coach Eric Winalda of U.S. Men's National Team fame. That's actually going to be successful. And you talk about the mainstream perception between football and hockey, Harry. Uh, they pack the arena for major curling events in Vegas. They have moved curling events to Vegas successfully. It's how, it's Vegas. How dare it, you? People will come. How dare you defame the good goddamn name of curling? <laughs> Look, I watch curling all the time. I watch curling night in America every flipping week. Hell, if the packages were affordable, I would have gone to the world championships in Vegas. Especially since I have a line on some extra shenanigans. But that's beside the point. <laughs> My package is worth every bit, every cent. Stop it. <laughs> Moving on. Hey, mine might be worth a little bit more, and I've got evidence. Stop I'm... it. <laughs> Family show. <laughs> well, we're just talking about our package. You can upgrade packages. Exactly. Some, some packages are bigger than others. That's, that's <laughs> universal. UPS knows. Some, some packages are just a basic standard. Then you get the expanded package. Exactly. <laughs> See, Jason gets it. <laughs> Moving on. All right, I need, each, I need each of you guys to pick a suit of cards. Okay. Just pick one. Spades. Okay, Brandon. Clubs. Jason. A diamond is a way to my heart. <laughs> Who had clubs? That would be uh, Eric. No, I no, had spades. You nobody had clubs. had clubs. Yeah, no one had clubs. I thought you. I thought you picked clubs, Brandon. Oh wait, yes, I did. Yes, I did. You're right. Okay. I thought I picked st spades. Never mind. No, Eric picks spades. All right, clubs okay. has won the draw, therefore Brandon has won the toss. Okay. I think it's a rigged. <laughs> <laughs> I literally just reached into a deck of cards and pulled out a card. Uh, I'll take NFL. Because I'm a poor black man. 
Can, okay, let's get back to this here. Brandon? Uh, I'll take NFL. All right, this is an actual legitimate buy or sell question. With their performance against Kansas City on Sunday Night Football, the Patriots have reestablished themselves as the favorite to win the AFC this year. I'm going to give it a soft sell right now just because I think with how well the Chiefs played later on in that game and how close they came to winning that game, I think they're still, and and considering how young they are, but they seem like they're a team that has a lot of potential, they're going to learn from this loss and they're going to be a top contender in the AFC throughout the season. And also, I think, and um, look at how well the Dolphins played this week against the Bears, who everyone thought was one of the top teams in the league. Uh, you Like we talked about before, you have the Steelers, who um, are starting to get on a roll. Um, are the Patriots still probably the class of the AFC? Probably, but it's going to be close. This is going to be a very interesting AFC race this year, I think. Jason? Hard sell. I still still think, as much as I hate to say it, the AFC is going to go through Pittsburgh. No kidding. Okay. Eric? I've got a buy. I mean, while Pittsburgh is, looks like they're getting it together, they dug themselves a little bit of a hole those, these first five weeks of the season. I said it would pretty much have to come down to three teams. Between, initially, Jacksonville, well, look what happened there, Kansas City and New England. Now, New England has shown... They have the advantage. They've got, even with the improved performance of the Dolphins, let's face it, can you really count on them long-term this season? They've got the easiest division out of anybody. They can still rack up the most wins, and they would have to basically anyone come back to Foxborough and try to win there. Yes, on the off chance that New England still has to go to Kansas City. We sat here and pointed it out. They're a young team. They can learn from this. But there's still those playoff hiccups. Andy Reid still has those playoff hiccups. In a matchup like that, it pains me, but I would have to go Belichick. I think that they've sorted it out, and I think the rest of the season means... I'm not going to be sober a whole bunch, especially when it comes November, December. I'm actually going to agree with Brandon here. I think that, in my opinion, if he can continue performing the way that he has performed thus far, including the performance that he had in Foxborough, the road to the AFC Championship goes through Kansas City, Missouri. Not Kansas Patriots, man. (laughs) I was getting ready to say that. And and Robert Taylor is clapping right now. He he got me to say it 
in the group chat after the game. I'm not repeating it right here on the show. He has to earn that. <laughs> Jason, college or mixed? I'm going to go a mixed bag of tricks. Okay. This is the one that I warned you guys was not the traditional buy or sell question. This one, however, the category I gave you was disappointments. In your opinion, who are the biggest disappointments in both the National Football League as well as college football thus far in the season? Well, uh, the National Football League, you sure you uh, – because this is going to bleed into uh, – this is going to foreshadow. No, I'm going to take – just say Homer if, if it's well, – both, both of mine are going to be my Homer picks. See, at five and one, I don't know if you can label West Virginia a disappointment, but okay. Brandon, uh, we'll we'll get we'll get into that in the homer. All right, Brandon. Um, for for college, the biggest disappointment for me definitely. Well, it's a toss up between um and and you said five and one doesn't really count, but you know considering what a lot of people were thinking going into the season, it, I would say it does, especially where they are in the season right now. I would say it's a toss-up between Miami and Wisconsin. Uh, and then in terms of the NFL, I think the biggest disappointment, I think the two biggest disappointments, um, well... The, this the, is one disappointment, okay. Brandon, not two, so pick one. Um, probably the biggest disappointment, and it hasn't been completely their fault, but with all the hype going into the season, I think you have to go with uh, San Francisco. Eric? For a college disappointment, I believe me. I'm going to save my rage for poor one out for the homers, but I do have to agree. Wisconsin was supposed to be looking a lot better than this, especially with how their season ended and how I cursed the entire state with the case of lactose intolerance. You did Maybe this. That, yeah, that, it looks like they did. And, and they let my guy, Jim Harbaugh, have a hell of a night. So that made me feel a little bit better. But... Even with the hangover, even with the injury and everything, my biggest disappointment is the Philadelphia Eagles. I expected them to do quite a bit better, even if they weren't going to go back-to-back, which, let's face it, they weren't. But there's plenty of reasons why they started out this slow. And I'm not 100% sure how they're going to be able to right the ship enough. They've got a bit of an easy ride, but they're not doing themselves any favors. They've got it very easy, though, this year with how weak the NFC East is. Oh, yeah. That's why I say they have an easy ride, but they're still not doing themselves no. any favors. So, Brandon kind of took the shot earlier in the show for who I was going to say in college. Um, I had these guys as the national champion, and you're losing to freaking Tennessee. Congratulations, Auburn. You suck. In the NFL, I think I'm actually going to go with the Atlanta Falcons. 
I don't understand how a team that has Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu, Austin Hooper, and Tevin Coleman on its roster can be two and four. They don't have Kyle Shanahan. Apparently, they don't have a whole lot of anything right now in Atlanta because well, they are in the absolute they are in the absolute basement in the NFC South. I mean, they have been plagued by injuries, especially on the defensive end. Well, they're they're missing their starting running back too, and Freeman, yeah, who I just did. got put on the IR. Thank you, uh, th- thank you, Freeman, because that means uh, uh, Tevin Coleman gets more uh, yardage for me. <laughs> I I picked up Coleman in a couple of leagues. Hopefully, that'll end up working out pretty well. well. See what happens here. But all right, Eric, you ready? Yeah. Do I have to be? College question. We're not done with uh, five or so yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. As you You'll... can see, I'm preparing myself for the misery. Oh, yeah. we're all going to be miserable this week. Oh, yes. Uh, pour one out for the homers today is going to be an absolute bastard of a segment. I'm just going to say that right now. Um, if you do allow young children to listen to the show with you, A, Y, and B, don't let them listen to the next segment. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. E, remember, it's educational. <laughs> I mean, they are different variations of four-letter words, I suppose. All right, Eric, <laughs> you start us off for the college question. You ready? Lay it on me. We've had our first collegiate coach fired of the 2018 season. Oh. Brian. Brian Jinx of Bowling Green has been canned after their one and six start, including losing a game just this past Saturday where they led by two scores going into the fourth quarter and then proceeded to allow three to lose the game. Your buy or sell question is this. At least 10 more coaches in FBS football will not make it to the end of the season as the head coach of their team. Now we're going Power Five and Group of Five. Yes, counting gonna... counting yeah. Brian Jinks is the Brian Jinks is the first. Yeah, I'm gonna buy that. I have seen way too many bastions of crap in college football this season. And as I alluded to at the beginning of the show, Lovey, you rock the gray beard very well. I, I love seeing you as like a black Santa Claus, but seriously, get the hell out of there. They don't care about football at Illinois, but they're going to care enough to get rid of you. Hate to say it. Jump before you're pushed. Brandon? Yeah, I have to buy this. I mean, especially with how college football is now, um, too many schools are trying to get something going right away, and you know, coaches are on very short leashes. So, yeah, I could see, I could definitely see ten going. Jason. Oh yeah, I mean, I think. It'll be more around the 15 mark rather than the 10 mark. So, yeah, of course, I'm going to buy this. All right. Allow me to clarify this here, and this might change your guys' answers. This is before the bowl games even happen. 
Yeah. I could still see yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Because a lot of coach, like, if it's at a, you know, if you're in a bad bowl, they may can you before the bowl game even starts and kind of use the bowl game as, you know, as a testing ground for next season. Not to, not to mention with the amount of bowl games. Uh, it's and I'm going to keep an, I'm going to keep an eye on this later on. Are we with the number of bad teams going to have to see another five and seven team in a bowl this year? Oh, definitely. Last, last year, no. The year before, three different five and seven teams made bowl games. Because of the sheer overabundance of said games. All right, gentlemen, we knew this time was coming. We might as well get it out of our systems. Jason? Or one out for the homer? Well, where do I start? I'm going to eat some crow, so serve it up nice. I got a lot of pepper for you. It helps. Allow because me. I State 30, West Virginia 14. Because West Virginia went into this game very overconfident. Iowa State came in with a precise game plan. And as much as I've sung the praises of Will Greer, who cannot the figure out how to throw the ball away when he needs to. He was sacked seven times. That's in one game. That's more than the Oakland Raiders has of his team this year. Um, and Greer could have avoided a lot of these sacks if he would have just threw the ball away. He's holding on to the ball too long. Iowa State, I'm going to give him credit. They, they came to play. Um, they they always say the the most difficult team to play is the one that has nothing to lose. Iowa State came off a big win the week before. Then they come in, playing home, number six team in the nation, national TV, and they shellacked us. Uh, now I know how I, I took I took a lot of shots that night, and um, I just I, I have no words. Um, they came in, they were just too cocky, too confident. And knowing Oklahoma lost the, and they control their own destiny, they were just exposed for being the sham that they actually are. I mean, I'll say it firsthand. Five and one, yes, we still control our destiny, but eh, it's just a little tougher road to, to hold right now. I will let you and Brandon combine for, well, let's put this as bluntly as we possibly can, the shit show that is the New York football giants. Do you want to start or should I? Go ahead. I'm still disgusted about talking about WU. Ah, now I'm going to get disgusted by talking about the giants. Eli, Eli Manning, throw the damn ball. Why are you being so timid all of a sudden? What is going on in New York? I... He's not the best quarterback in the world, but if if they offer you Derek Carr, 
Take him. Please. <coughs> this is just... It, it's it's mind-boggling how bad they were against the Eagles on Thursday night. And the only, the only bright spot is Saquon Barkley. And what I'm worried about is if they do not get their act together soon and they do not start getting the winning formula going for them soon, that he's going to say, I don't want to be in New York anymore. I want to go elsewhere and win. So, if you want to keep your, your top running back that you just drafted with the number two overall pick, better get your act together right now, G-Men, because time's ticking. I mean, and and unfortunately, you know, everyone was saying, oh, they should have taken a quarterback, all of this. Yeah, some of the quarterbacks out of this class are doing pretty well, but, you know, they're not... They're not lighting up the world or anything. And, but unfortunately, there aren't really many quarterbacks coming out next year that are that look like they're going to be world beaters either. Herbert's your best bet. Probably. The general, the general consensus is the man that we talked about on the show a couple of weeks ago. My pick for stud a couple of weeks ago, Justin Herbert from Oregon, is the best quarterback to come out this year. Which is so surprising to hear Oregon and good quarterback because I still think uh, of, you know, when I think of Oregon offense, I think of that Chip Kelly option, uh, option well, offense. Well, I think of Joey Harrington. Well, let's not forget the hype that Marcus Mariota had on him coming out of college as well. Mm-hmm. And look what that ha- what happened there. I warned people of that. Jason, do you do you want to chime in on the Giants? Um, the Giants need to get together and figure out what's going on. Uh, you got your star receiver acting like a fool on the sideline, calling your two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback out in interviews. There needs to be some cohesion there. Um, our offensive line is Swiss cheese. But I think Gettleman will turn it around. It's just a matter of when he turns it around. Hopefully everything gets back on track after the bye week that they have forthcoming. But who knows? Uh, If not, it's going to be a rough, rough season. I I hate to say it, but, I mean, maybe, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I think this is a lost season already. Well, well I think we can is, still go 500. Not to mention the good news is, is in the division you're currently playing in right now, Everyone 500 is that far from winning yeah. it. All right, Eric, you ready? No. I'm sorry, but we have to get there. We start with, as warmed by yours truly... Virginia 16, Miami of Florida 13. Okay. I admit, I talk shit about certain schools. Illinois not being a football school, they're a basketball school. Northwestern being a journalism school. Vanderbilt being a school of academics, as the broadcast team pointed out. 
41 million a year from the SEC. Yet what do they do with it? Question marks. So I ask myself, even with Bronco Mendenhall, a very competent coach who had a good tenure at BYU, even with those admittedly sweet-looking uniforms, very glad they went to the blue and with those style of numbers, Miami, how the ever-living fuck in seven hells do you lose to a lacrosse school? Not a football school, not even a basketball school much since the 80s. Their pride and joy where they have their success is lacrosse with baseball on the side. Yet you go there and you lose. And Kosi Perry, what the fuck happened to you? Malik Rozier, have you not been, damn it, listening with you and your accuracy issues? Coach Mark Rick, I, you're cool. But seriously, no. You, no. This, no. No. Fucking no. <laughs> it's about as accurately summed up as he possibly could. Uh, <laughs> All right. So I got a lot of shit from you, Eric, when Baltimore ripped Buffalo in week one. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You did. It is my turn, because you got absolutely bitch-slapped by a subpar Dallas team. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That non-aggression smack talk pact that I made with Sean, boy, did that save my ass. (sighs) Bortles. Look, Derek Carr... Gruden ain't your friend. That quarterback camp bullshit that you did coming out of Fresno State, that don't exist anymore. I am personally pleading to you and asking you this. Would you rather go to a city or to a state that is more known for mafia and a stadium that was next to a stadium or what have you that was linked to the disappearance of Jimmy Hoffa, where you have to deal with drunken fans and insults and pay state taxes and play in shitty weather? Or would you rather come to a place, palm trees, no state tax, nice weather, yeah, it gets a little bit cold, We have coaches that, for the most part, know what they're doing. We have a better front office. We're sure. We've got a guy that talks shit in a magazine and in public, but he's not doing it next to a rapper drinking God knows what besides syrup. Come on, South. You'll love it here because Blake Bortles, fuck you. I'm done. Hey, 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 Eric, how many Super Bowls you got? Uh, yeah, we, we don't have any, but, uh, we got the guy that got us pretty close as an expansion team and we got the guy that got you too. So fair enough. I'll give you that one. (laughs) 
Yeah, come Wait. on. Like I said, we we've, we've got a credible legacy. It, it, it's Derek, please. Jersey, you're not a Jersey guy. You're a Florida guy. We're the California of the East, and you know it. Come on over. We'll treat you well. Uh, Eric, I need you to do me a quick favor and find out where Derek Carr went to college. Houston, right? No, Derek Carr went to Fresno State. Okay, so he's a he's a natural California guy, which would be yep. which would be warm weather. Therefore, Florida would have an advantage in that regard. Well, but and Fresno again, State is more northern California. It's true, but no state tax. I mean, I guess if the Giants throw enough money, at them, it won't matter. Mm-hmm. We'll throw we'll throw money at them again. Coughlin will want to. We'll take that contract. I mean, we hardly pay anybody else. All right, Eric. Script flip. So, um, yeah. Uh, how did Nathan Pickerman end up for you? <laughs> uh, those bills. He still baby steps. He only threw two this time. But how still, how do you feel? Okay, first of all, we start with college on this segment. No, no, you're, no, no. We're we're, we're giving it. we're giving you the the bad one uh, first, so that we can end uh, on a high note. You're the only one who won. Okay, well, technically, one of my college teams lost as well that I'm pretty pissed off about. But I'll touch on that when we get to college, the college football for me. But, anyways, uh, yeah, let's talk about Nathan Picker, Nathan Pickerman, the Intercepticon himself. He is so bad that Derek Anderson is getting another opportunity to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Allow me to repeat those words for you. Derek fucking Anderson is getting another chance to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Whoa, whoa, time out. Wasn't he the one that led Cleveland to a 10-6 season? Yeah, and then he proceeded to get injured and stumble all over himself and found himself as a backup in Houston. Fair. Fair. Derek Anderson, who has not won a National Football League game in three years and has not played in one in a year and a half, is starting in Buffalo this weekend because our coaching staff has absolutely zero confidence in Nathan Peterman. No. Uh, Jason, (laughs) I believe it was – wait a second, Eric. Jason, I believe it was you that said this at the start of the season on the show, and truer words have never been spoken. Eat shit pit. Yes. For producing such a garbage quarterback. Go ahead, Eric. Well, number one, did I not say that with Nathan Peterman on your team, you would be in a great position to get the first overall pick? Number two – the coaching staff has him, but like I said to you, they would lose the locker room if he started because the players have no confidence in him. I've seen that firsthand. I even saw that with Jacksonville. As soon as we were up shit creek, they looked at Blake and said, well, we're done. Why even bother? <laughs> Is it bad that it, it seems as though uh, two of our three teams may uh, be in the running for the number one overall pick next year? I mean, it was that way last year until Buff. Uh, it was that way last year, or not last year, two years ago, when Buffalo was a garbage show. True. So, I mean, it's not exactly like it's unfamiliar territory for Buffalo to be 
near the top. Jason, what the fuck are you doing over there? Huh? <laughs> I think he fell asleep. Wake up. Hello. I'm wide awake. I'm sitting up at my dog. All right. Anyway, I'm hearing really heavy breathing, and I'm assuming it's because you're starting to drift off over there. But that's what I'm hoping in this. No, that's my that's my boxer who's laying on my lap. Oh, so then the dog is a heavy. Okay, now I feel better. Uh, somewhat family friendly <laughs> show. <laughs> Fuck you, Nathan Peterman. Okay, <laughs> we're but, back. But, but but there is good news though. You're the only winner. Out of all of us this week. Well, Surely I do that's have to count for something. Well, I do have to bitch about something first. Is there a team in college football with two more hard luck losses than the Penn State Nittany Lions? Nope. Having fourth quarter leads against both Ohio State, who was number three in the country when the game happened, and Michigan State, who had just come off losing to who was that? Northwestern, the journalism school, as Eric put it. Mm-hmm. And you proceed to blow both of them and probably write off any possible chance you had at winning the Big Ten East and going to the college football playoff like I predicted you to do. Thanks, Nittany Lions. Restore the roar, my ass. All right. Now for the plus side of things. It certainly didn't look like it was going to be a plus side with the way that game started in uh, in, t- in Nashville, Tennessee, Eric. Yeah, it was it was 21-13 at halftime, and then the coaches almost scrapped. And apparently, Dan Mullen sticking up for his Gators is exactly what that team needed to light a fire up under its ass. The rest of the way, the Gators outscore the Vanderbilt Commodores. Yes, you heard me correctly. The Vanderbilt Commodores, 24-6. to on their way to a 37-27 victory, the Gators are now ranked 14th in the country behind LSU, who we beat. I, I still wonder, what the hell does a school like that do with $41 million a year? You, uh, I, you give me that time. kind of money to put in football, and damn it, I'll build a powerhouse. The campus is nice. Yeah, but... Their stadium has a lot of... You know what it is? Their stadium has a lot of shrubbery. Do you know how much cash goes into maintaining shrubbery? Okay, get rid of the damn shrubbery. Problem solved. (laughs) (laughs) But that shrubbery is nice. They do have nice shrubbery. It's it's part of their package. And and, and I'm sure they need a lot of uh, meat to feed uh, whatever the hell his name is. Um, I'll... They're, they're, isn't the, they're, they're the Commodores. I don't even know what they're Oh, oh no. Oh, I thought you were talking about LSU. Never mind. No, that's that's a tiger. Yes, I know that's a tiger. Wait, wait, wait to pay attention there, Bisco. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's by Bengal. They do, yeah, but they do something with their money. They're continuously improving and stuff. But at, at still, it's 40 I mean, it is dollars. It is a pretty impressive-looking Tiger. I will give LSU credit for that. And, hey, if you look at their schedule this year, that one in the loss column belongs to us, Eric. (laughs) Fucking (laughs) lacrosse and baseball. 
lacrosse, and baseball. We're good at baseball, too. We yeah, wait, yeah, wait, you wait, are. You know what else, too? Now they're a national basketball embarrassment, too, becoming the first number one seed to lose in the first round of the NCAA <laughs> tournament. This is my point. They were a basketball school in the 80s, tried again, and failed miserably. If you if you go back and listen to March Madness to the Max, which we did earlier this year, you'll hear all about that. All right, yeah. let's move on, gentlemen. Jason, get it together. Get it together. I, I don't know. Get it together, Will Greer. Get it together, Dana Holgerson. Get it together, West Virginia University football. Because right now, I don't even know if we're going to be bowl eligible, and I'm really scared when Oklahoma comes to Morgantown at the end of the season what may happen. He was just saying last week how he was planning on buying tickets to that game and sitting right up there with the students to root on the Mountaineers against the Sanders. Funny how we can change things. Brandon? Hey, there's still the countdown to when the West Virginia Hold Owls face the Kentucky Buckets. Well, that that is that is that was gonna be that was gonna be a little bit later on. That was gonna be my my um, pick this week. Oh, the Hoot Owls are a twenty two point underdog. I will point out that that game's in two weeks, not this week. <laughs> Your schedule wrong. Brandon, get my, it together. My my get it together. Uh, you ready for this one, uh, Eric? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, your your Jacksonville Jaguars need to get it together, and oh, and, 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 and more more specifically, one one Blake Bortles. Yeah, um, uh, I, that Cowboys defense is mediocre at best. How do you put yeah. up a grand total of seven points? Again, Derek Carr, and the good news is, Shotgun wised up. He's not buying Wembley. He wanted to base the team here and play the home games in London. That wouldn't work. He tried to do a 4-4 four and four split. That wouldn't work. So you don't have to worry about transatlantic flights. Maybe once a year, but then you can just fake an injury and get out of that. Save yourself the time. I won't tell anybody. And, and that vaunted, uh, that supposedly vaunted Saxonville defense, where, where did that go this week? Uh, no, Eric. when again, when Blake Bortles fell behind, because that's what he tends to do, when we started going up shit creek, the rest of the defense sat back and played Banjo's deliverance style. They didn't care anymore. Exactly. You sure got a pretty mouth. <laughs> Family show. <laughs> You play dueling banjos. It's a it's the most classic line from the movie. Besides, squeal like a pig. My name Dusty. You could call me Puddin. You got a purty mouth. Eric, get it together, both literally and metaphorically. No, I'm the only thing I'm getting it together for literally is Saturday because oh dear lord, if I ever needed shenanigans. Oh, God, the things that I've been able to do is just 500 bucks. Anyways, for my get-it-together, um, Mr. Mara, 
I, I get what you're saying in the headlines and everything and in your interviews, but have you ever thought that uh, a certain receiver who you paid kind of has a point? Have you ever thought that you could have, oh, I don't know, maybe rectified one or two teeny little mistakes, oh, about six months ago? Yeah, you kind of made this bed, so you got to get it together and lay in it because, uh, yeah, New York, New York ain't a hell of a town. It, it, it's funny how, th- and this just shows just how bad our teams were this week. That it seems like all of our get togethers are other team at e- each other's teams. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, technically, I'm not one to pile on here, but I guess I am one to pile on. You know who my get it together is? West Virginia. The entirety of the AFC South. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tennessee, Houston. Jacksonville, Indianapolis, not a goddamn one of them over 500. Yeah, but again, what does that tell you that the fact that Pickerman came up huge and let Houston win? (laughs) Hey, we beat Tennessee for you. Give us that much. Touche, touche. Just saying. Um, Yeah, this is going to be one of those situations where 8-8 can win this division. Eric, you still got a chance. Yeah, but wasn't this also the division where we all picked everybody different to win? I think so. Yes, Yes, because I picked Jacksonville. I think you picked Houston. No, I picked Indianapolis. I picked Houston. And then Jason picked Tennessee. Yeah, I think Tennessee. Yeah. So, technically speaking, three of the four of us still have a chance of being correct here. Eric. Look, Andrew Luck is coming back. The rest of the team just isn't following him. Well, Indianapolis gets their chance against Buffalo this week. We'll talk more about that game in a few moments. Dun, dun, dun! It's kind of funny, though. Both uh, the AFC South and the NFC East could probably win with a uh, have an 8-8 team make the playoffs. Yeah, but the good news for the NFC East is at least they have Washington at 3-2, and two, hence over 500. Although the last time we saw Washington, they got the absolute crap kicked out of them, courtesy of New Orleans on Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees! Hail to the king! All right, Again, gentlemen. Drew, a year and a half from the world record. Get the 80,000 that Anthony Calvillo couldn't. I'm counting on you. It is now time for my favorite segment on this show. Guys, are you serious? We start Never. with we start with the now defeated in college football, Brandon Biscabing. Damn it, my undefeated streak has been destroyed by the damn Trojans. Those bastards. Thundermuckers. Continue, Brandon. Your pick. Uh, so my pick for this week for college is it's a an in-state rivalry game. It is up in the Big Ten, and it will be Michigan State Sparty over the Wolverines of Michigan. 
And I hope that this one doesn't come to bite me in the ass like uh, it did for uh, Eric last week. Or was it you, Harry, who picked Wisconsin over Michigan? It was Jason. Oh, that, that was Jason. Was, that was oh, me. Uh, Eric got bit in the ass by Michigan with Northwestern because he, or not North, with Nebraska, because he picked Nebraska to play Michigan close, and Nebraska proceeded to get blown the fuck out. Right. Fuck you, Scott Frost. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, it is a battle of ranked teams in East Lansing, and Sparty is still getting seven. Mm-hmm. Well, no, Michigan's getting seven. No, Sparty's getting seven. Michigan is giving seven. Oh, okay. Yes, you know. Yes. Eric, college edition. Get it together. UNLV over Air Force. The randomness continues. Well, I mean, technically speaking, the Mountain West has been kind to you. Last week's Illinois pick, not so much. And Lovey Smith, again, Black Santa Claus in the mall, Fantastic college football coach. Hell no. What are you getting for UNLV, by the way? Ten. No kidding. Nice. Let's <laughs> see which Air Force shows up. Jason? I am taking Vandy. Getting 11 over Kentucky. Really? Wow, that's... Yeah, I'm 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 employing the the Eric Watkins train of thought. I'm sleepy, delusional. It was the first game I've seen that had a decent point spread that I could use for this. Figured I'd roll with it. Well, let me say this much. If it's the Vanderbilt team that showed up in the first half against Florida, you may be on to something. If it's the Vanderbilt team that showed up in the second half against Florida, you're looking at a bad number, sir. Uh, Brandon? Yes? They didn't work for you. I'm going to hope that they do for me. The, <laughs> Buffaloes, the Buffaloes are getting 16 against Washington. I don't, that... think, they, I don't think they win, but I think they can cover 16. After last week, I have no faith in uh, Colorado. Otherwise, I, I was looking at that one. I was considering it, but I was like, nope, nope, not doing that again. We move over to the National Football League. And since he finally got off the schneid last week in the, in the NFL, I'm going to let Eric go first. Bengals to cover against the Chiefs. Chiefs are going to be angry, but the Bengals are the Bengals. <clears throat> well, I will say this much. The old phrase is, is that an angry fighter is a sloppy fighter. True. That's why I looked at this and I'm like, all right, let's see what happens. <clears throat> As of right now, you are getting six in that game. The game is an arrowhead, though, which has me questioning. Arrowhead on a Sunday night. So another primetime game. Well, that's because the Chiefs have been all over primetime this year. Some teams can't even get one. The Chiefs are already in their fourth. Well, that's because... Don't even say it. 
It's my home time. I fucking hate all of you. <laughs> I did not say a damn word. And you, I still like Jason, so you can go next. Okay, I am taking the Bears to bounce back versus the Pats. What's the number there? Hold on. Three. I've seen it at three. Yeah, three in Chicago. So the Bears are a home dog to the Patriots. Yeah, and I think it's going to work in the Bears' favor. Uh, I think Trubisky's actually going to have another huge game against the Pats. And I'm going to tell. I'm going to go out on a limb and be more specific. Cohen has two receiving touchdowns and over a hundred yards receiving for the Chicago Bears this weekend. You mean rushing? Nope. Receiving. So coming out of the backfield, Terry Cohen's going to have a huge game. They play him in the slot too. Oh, that's true. Very well. Brandon, um, can someone please explain to me how, especially after what happened last week, granted it was a close game, but especially after how the Dolphins were able to beat the all-powerful Bears last week, how they are a three-point underdog at home to the Lions, who is un- who are under 500? Brock motherfucking Osweiler. That's how. <laughs> And the fa- and Vegas actually knows that it's the Miami Dolphins and laces out. Well, I actually have hope for the Dolphins. I think their run continues, and I am picking the Dolphins over the Lions this week. Okay, it's okay to be wrong. So I don't anticipate getting this game correct in terms of the overall straight up number. But they worked for me last week, so you know what they say. Why mess with a good thing? Buffalo was a 10-point underdog against Houston and lost by seven thanks to Nathan Pickerman. (laughs) Buffalo is a a 7.5-point underdog in Indianapolis to the 1-5 in Colts. This is the only team in the AFC we have a better record than, well, the Raiders do, if they're 1-5 as well. I feel like them giving us seven and a half against the one in five Colts is an insult. And Derek fucking Anderson is going to step up and the Bills are not only going to cover, they are going to outright win. I I was actually considering that one myself because of the fact that considering how bad the Colts are this year. Yeah, I, I thought about it, but the Bills bit me in the ass before, so I'm like, I ain't doing that again. Yeah. Yeah, it's what happens when I take your Jaguars, too, Eric. How'd that work out for us? Hey, I advise you the same thing. Never do that again. Don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> and never pick, for, never pick for the Giants this year. Hopefully, we are a whole lot less salty next week on this show. I uh, doubt it. You, you two may oh. doubt we doubt Jason and I will. Yeah, if everything goes planned on Saturday, I'll be a lot less salty. Other people, other people will be though. 
the good news for you, Brandon, is that you get a national broadcast to watch. True. Very true. So the opportunity to get to watch your team, even when they are a shit show, is still the opportunity to get to watch your team. I have I, got. I, 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 I guess it beats watching uh, the even bigger shit show of Monday Night Raw lately. Well, you know. <laughs> Eventually, you're going to have to find somebody to help you bring back the Raw I, I, I know this. So that way we can get back to reviewing SmackDown here. Yes. Um, Eric, I understand you have other shows here on the W2M network, though. Yeah, we do, but, um, yeah, there are, apparently I'm not the only one with the potential for shenanigans, so the, the, there will yeah. be times, <laughs> there is still, do not worry, football to the max, soccer to the max still exists, and if a certain someone who, yes, he appreciates my advice, so I'm also going to advise him to make sure that my uh, segment intros are ready so Point of Viewer can come back. Jason, you know what I suggest you advocate? Sleep. Get your tired ass to bed. I, I do actually have I, I hit the 24-hour mark. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations, you're the next Dave Attell. Now get some sleep. Ambient and melatonin, here I come. Have fun with that. Good night. I know for a fact you have something to plug here because you and Tori are doing something for the W2M Network. Yes, Tori and I are doing a new horror-based podcast called Graveyard Shift. Uh, First episode is up now. Throughout October, we'll do... Our 31 Days of Halloween, which we watch uh, a couple of horror movies each day going throughout history from the very beginning of horror movies all the way up to present time and review them and whatnot. And then we'll do other things throughout the year in the horror genre, so be sure to check that out. The kickoff will keep you company until early February once the kickoff gives way. Brandon and I will still be coming at you every Wednesday with how the war was won. The plan for that will be the battleground that was Raw versus Nitro on a Monday night basis. We will also be covering the pay-per-views and the specials in that timeline as well, just to give you everything that you need to know and everything that's relevant to those timelines. In addition, I have a series of show reviews coming to thechairshot.com here shortly. My first review, Slammiversary 2018, should be posted within the next day or so. It is Wednesday, October 17th, for the 18th. point of reference. Oh, Wednesday the 17th. It, yeah. well, technically, it's Thursday the 18th here on the East Coast because it's 1 a.m. in the morning. But still. Oh, that means I'm one day closer to Saturday. <laughs> Anyway, make sure you check out thechairshot.com for my slam Slammiversary review. I will be reviewing Bound for Glory there, and then my regular role for reviews at The Chair Shot will be for Progress Wrestling. For Jason Teasley, Eric Watkins, and Brandon Biscabing, I'm Harry Broadhurst, and you have been listening to The Kickoff!
season two, regular season episode seven here on the W2M Network, available online at W2Mnet.com. Also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spreaker, Podbean, Castbox, Spotify is here. And Glacier's a dick. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next Wednesday with a hopefully less salty edition of the <laughs>